Hello, you're listening to the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya and this is episode number 45. Today's chat is with Gareth Lydiard from the bands The Drones and Tropical Fuckstorm. I spoke to Gaz just before the Tropical Fuckstorm show in Brisbane a few weeks ago. We had a really nice chat with beers in his hotel room before the show. I brought some local beers actually from my neighbourhood brewery Slipstream. Um, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I just wanted to give them a little shout out because they're super nice beers and super nice people Um, and niceness deserves a reward always so Gaz and I chatted while Fee his partner and bandmate was getting ready for the show so there's a little cameo from Fee in the background when she came out looking incredible in her sparkly stage onesie Um, TFS show I ended up going and it was absolutely amazing if you get to go check them out please do Um, they are just such a powerful band you won't regret it Gaz's strange show story was illustrated by my dear friend Conrad Greenleaf. Conrad plays in the bands Richard in Your Mind and Stressless and also has some solo stuff you can check out on Spotify. His new song Smoke Weed Occasionally is very, very clever and funny. You should definitely go check that out. Thank you so much, Connie. I'd also like to thank you all for your lovely messages about previous episodes. I really love hearing from you. And, um, you know, if you wanted to, you could leave me a review on iTunes or a rating but no pressure as always you can see all of the illustrations that accompany the episodes on instagram at hearsay podcast or on the hearsay facebook page i've been making little videos too which are a bit fun so um enjoy enjoy this episode number 45 gareth lydiard feel like we've known each other forever but we really haven't no we've just got all of our friends in common yeah totally it happens a lot in the, yeah in the industry in the industry yeah <laughs> but you know run into each other a bit and go hey yeah yeah that's yeah it. it's uh it's it's yeah i've sort of had friends or their friends now but i kind of have done that with them for you know 10 years yeah and then finally i don't know just had the time yeah and then become fast friends with them. I feel like tonight's the night we're going to become friends. Well, we've got beers, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's going to help. Yeah. I've already seen your girlfriend's breasts, so... Yeah, <laughs> that's a good start. There you go. <laughs> um, tell me about... So I, I, sometimes I do these... Um, these podcasts start with asking about your origin story and I know Origins. you grew up in Western Australia. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about how you started liking music and, and what the scene was like over there? Well, I, I, I was born in Port Hedland and then dad worked on the mines and then um, and then there was a big cyclone. Like it, everything got destroyed. My hospital got destroyed. And then um, so then we moved back to England because my mum's from uh, England my dad's from Brazil. When did they migrate to Australia? Uh, probably in about 1970. Okay. 71. And um, yeah, they worked up on the mines up back in the day. And then, um, yeah, and then we moved. Basically, I grew up in, in London between the age of, you know, zero and five. I came back and started school in Perth up in the very northern beaches. And um, But in, in London, yeah, I can remember hearing music. 
and just digging it. And I, it was, I guess by the time I was like four, stuff like Heart of Glass was on the radio oh, yeah. and, and uh, another Brick in the Wall, oh, the so one with good. the kids singing. Yeah. And, yeah. And I liked it all. It was all the. <laughs> you were like, that could be me. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, I never, I never wanted to be a musician, but um, I never realised I did, I guess. But um, it was all the depressing shit mm. that I liked. Like so my parents were always concerned. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Um, yeah, I mean, Heart of Glass, I didn't like any other Blondie really. It was not like I was exposed to it. Um, yeah, and that was then. But then after that, moved to Perth. And then there was stuff like, you know, there was stuff like Eurythmics, pop music, and that was all minor chord stuff. And then when I got serious into music, I think um, uh, I just got into jazz. There was a library uh, the main library in the middle of the city and you know you could you could go and get cassette tapes the same way you'd get a book and just whoever stocked the cassette section was just a mad kind of free jazz wow thing. and i didn't know I, I just thought it was jazz i didn't know that there was a thing called free jazz um so it was all like uh albert isla and ornette coleman and um and 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 Charles Mingus and, and Thelonious Monk. And so I would just get these things, take them home and copy them. Wow. I got heavy into that before I got heavy into rock and roll. What was it about free jazz that you loved? Uh, I would say something like Thelonious Monk, just the weird notes. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And why yeah. Why do they think they can do it? What right do they think they have? <laughs> yeah. Did it? Do you think it then became like something that you thought you had the right to do? No, nah, not at that point. Like, yeah, I think... It was it was sort of slow with me. I, I did that and I got a sax, and then I tried to learn sort of you know that sort of Charlie Parker, Sonny Rollins kind of you know thing, the Coltrane thing, and it was just fucking hard. It's hard because those dudes are really good at it. Yeah, they're really. Good. And um, they're very good. Yeah, and then um, but then I, I after that I I, I heard uh, Hendrix, and that's when I went, oh, all right, okay, maybe I'll give this a raz. That even sounds though, easy. Let's do that. It sounds easier, yeah. <laughs> like relative to fucking Coltrane, I was just like, well, I might be able to do the Hendrix thing. <laughs> so then I, yeah, I did that and I sold the sax and then um, bought a bass and then bought a guitar. And it was just a sort of slow evolution from, I don't know, playing really simple punk rock and playing it because I grew up where up in the Northern Beaches where was, there's a lot of surfing and surfers. And to kind of get in with them, because it's pretty rough, like to get in with them. I mean, I couldn't surf, I was never athletic. Mm. I sort of did the the, the 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 music thing and then would play at their parties. Oh, right. And then they liked me and it meant I sort of didn't get bashed. Well, so surfies weren't like the relaxo guys, they were bullies. This was more kind of uh, locals only. Oh. Yeah, just real rough, macho. Rough guys. Yeah, nice dudes. But it was all where we were because it was up at the very northern beaches and then beyond where we were was just nothing but bush forever. All the way north, and um, and it was before. It's I mean, it seems hard to conceive of now, but it was before. Uh, the beachside suburbs were something that rich people wanted, and it was just a working class fibro houses. Yeah. So we were kind of, you know, we, we were hanging out with real proper working class people, and then we were sort of lower middle class, which is basically just working class with you know books. Yeah. And and a means <laughs> to jazz get cassettes. Yeah, and if you you know if you're the offspring of you know lower middle class people, it means if you pull your finger out you can get you can climb the ladder sure you know? um yeah but everyone else was yeah it was just all brickies and i remember yeah our drummer's dad was a prison guard whoa yeah really hardcore and fishermen cray fishermen 
Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So um, yeah, and um. And what kind of songs were you playing at the surfer party? Just fast. By then we'd sort of like punk rock. Yeah, like Bad Brains or something oh, yeah. like that. Just wanted to feel. They just wanted everything fast and hard. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Then they just go berserk, and the cops <laughs> would come, and we'd all. Run. Get, you know, shoot out of the joint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you play guitar then, or were you playing bass? That was bass. Okay. Yeah. So you started on bass. Yeah, started on bass, and I was just kind of no one else would sing in a way that pleased me, so I became the singer, and then no one played the guitar the way, and then so I became the guitar player. Yeah, right. Kind of thing like that, and I, I was just—I think I was pushy and and bossy, <laughs> without realizing it. I'm sort of semi, kind of on on, on the spectrum, so. I, I can be kind of hard to be around, <laughs> and I was a lot worse. It's good then. to know for our blossoming friendship. Yes, yes. No, I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm middle aged, and I, I've figured it out. But I'm um, yeah. I've got the rough edges. They're gone. Did you have a first band? Like, did you have a band name? Yeah, I had a first band. I had a band. Uh, I had a few. Uh, one of them had a really lame name. I don't know why. It was called Ladybird. It was just the stupidest name. That was uh, a punk band. That was yeah, weird kind of out of control thing with my mate Robin, um, a Scottish guy, and uh, and then Tamba, who was some um, a South African kid who'd come over. His parents was his dad was a priest and his mum was a nun. Wow. But his dad was white, his mum was black, and they had to get um, they were like refugees. They had to leave because they fell in love. Wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you weren't allowed to do that back then. That's crazy. Yeah. So he was kind of yeah. I mean, everyone I hung out with at that point would mainly kind of sort of just weirdos f- f- with weird backgrounds who were all fucked up. I mean, just fucking musicians, man. Yeah. They're but then the camaraderie through music. That's the thing. That was yeah. a huge bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. I think I remember, you know, getting the first band together and just the main kick was sort of a social thing. I felt it, it's, you know, you know, when you hear people talk about joining the Crips or the Bloods or something sure. like that and they just go, I want a family. It was something similar. I mean, obviously yeah. not half as hardcore as that. but Yeah. Yeah, so that was the main thing. And so we would just play. And then uh, my, my granddad died, my great-granddad, and left us a bit of cash and we bought a house because my old man sort of skipped out early and then we were just living with my mum. Um, yeah, then we had a house and they had this big lounge room and she just let us jam. Amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and uh, cool yeah. mum. So we just yeah smoke weed, and and play lots of music, and she just yeah just supported stay you. Stay out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did she always support you? Do you feel like you had? Support yeah, in her way. Family? She was just yeah. I mean, I don't know if she was just didn't give a fuck, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she just let us do our thing as long as I wasn't causing trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the, when did you move to Melbourne then? Well, I became a I, my first job. I just became a roadie. So I've never done anything. I was like a brickies labourer for a week and that was a shit week. <laughs> and um, I remember just going, fuck, oh, God, because that was my plan. I was Made like, a terrible mistake. Yeah, because everyone I knew, that's what they did, you know, like manual labour shit. But then everyone I knew is, you know, 20, 30 kilos heavier than me and sure. muscle and that surfers and shit. And I, was, I wasn't like that. Mm. I was just, it fucked me. But um, so and anyway, a friend of mine, literally we were just tripping and, and uh, a friend of mine, we were coming down off acid and he was feeling bad. He was like, man, we need jobs because we were on the dole. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? And he goes, I'm gonna, I want to be a sound guy. And I was like, yeah, good one. <laughs> and so I said, get the yellow pages. And we got the yellow pages <laughs> and um, we said, we're going to call all the sound companies in town and ask them for a job for you. We'll just call them all until it happens. And he goes, all right. And then first one was, because uh, alphabetical order, first one was... Triple A Productions, 
he rang it and they said, yeah, you can have a job. Come down and we'll teach you how to. Wow. So he went that day and then he came back after that Still day. Still coming down off acid. Yeah. And then he, he came back and, um, <laughs> and, and, and I said, how was your day? He's like, great, man. I'm a fucking sound guy now. I was like, that's insane. And he said, well, there's another guy who's a guy came into our factory and he's a lighting guy. And he saw what my bosses are doing with me, training me up. And he said, oh, I might do the same thing. Know anyone? And my mate Chris went, yeah, Gaz, he's at home. And so next day I went and did my only ever job interview with this guy, Daryl, who ran this little lighting business. And the job interview was literally, I got in the van with him. I had to meet him somewhere in person. And I got in the van with him and he said, do you like Uyi Pop? I went, yeah. He's cool, you got the job. <laughs> <laughs> Best interview ever. Yeah, I was like, cool. And then, uh, <laughs> and then for eight years, I think, or seven years, I, I was a, a roadie. So I just, and then I just, I don't know. I've always been working on stages, and wow. then I quit that to move to Melbourne. Me and Rui. Were you a roadie like around Australia, or was it just like Western? Just Australia? in WA, yeah. but you'd go up and down the coast. So I do lighting, I do loading. I, I was I always do the two smaller stages on the yeah. big day out. I rigged all the lights for them. Oh wow! Yeah, back in the day before you had to have all the safety shit, so yeah, you literally yeah. just climb around up there. Jesus. Yeah, so that was good. So I'd I'd, I'd meet lots of bands, see lots of bands. I'd you know drive Ron's band around and. And, you know, Beast of Bourbon and uh, the Surrealists. I don't know, lots of stuff. I so just, you got to meet some heroes. Yeah, yeah, That's I did. Cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, and watch tons of shit, you know. And you didn't, you weren't afraid of heights? Uh, no, kind of. You just put the fear, you just hold on. That's mm. the thing, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was that thing of sooner or later I'm going to fucking fall off. It's like my worst nightmare. If I had to climb up high. Yeah, it's pretty no. shit. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's windy. Yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I did that. And then um, me and Rui were always living together. And Rui, who I met in high school. And Rui, he grew up in Rio too, like my dad. And Because um, he was born in the war in Mozambique, which the Portuguese lost. So then they were refos over in in Rio. He living in a commission flat there. And then he came out when he was about 13. Yeah, and then... Yeah, him and my dad would talk Portuguese and wow. shit together. And, but then he and I sort of learned to play music and take drugs together. And, and then, yeah, we started the drones. And then eventually just, yeah, we were in a bunch of bands together. Then just thought, man, we're not really going to stop doing this. And we never really had any plans to do it. And then we thought, fuck it, let's go to Melbourne, mythical Melbourne, <laughs> and see if we can make a living. Yeah. And then by that time, I, I knew Fee... Yeah, and a, a girlfriend I had prior to fear died, and and uh, yeah, so I, I was just not feeling great, and that was when I sort of felt like fuck it, I can do whatever I want musically. Yeah, I don't need to prove myself to anybody. Everyone can piss off. And I guess also like w when you think about mortality, you'd get a big like yeah, fuck you to it, everything. And it's a, it's a real motivator. Yeah, and I you know felt like I was a loser. I, I just. I don't, she committed suicide, so I just, I, oh, I couldn't, so couldn't stop that. No, it's all right. It's like, but um, it, it was sort of, by the time I got to Melbourne, I was at the bottom. Mm. So it was actually easier. I just had nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if we played a gig, I'd just go berserk. I didn't give a fuck. So when you say you went berserk, how how does that manifest? Uh, Well, we used to do dumb shit. Like, I mean, you just, when you're young, you're dumb. Like we would, you know, borrow the headliner's gear ask him to borrow and then smash it while we, <laughs> at the end of our gig. Like just cunt things like that. But not realise that it was 
not a nice thing to do. They complain, they go, dude, shows. you just smashed my fucking drum kit on my amp. You'd go, yeah, stop whinging. I'm What's wrong with that guy? I'm surprised you get like a terrible reputation. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, people kind of dug us too. So, yeah, I think like we did get in, in a way and Rui was always just breaking everything. He was the <laughs> master of disaster. Yeah, he put guitars in plaster. That was his thing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a good rhyme Yeah, it's good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So did you always collaborate with him on songs? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, you know, yeah And um, he well, he would, uh, yeah, occasionally he'd come up with this or that I mean, I always came up with the bulk of everything And same mm. with Fee um, Yeah, and we met Chriso, the drummer Chriso was like second person we ever met But we, we basically came to Melbourne, didn't know anyone and then we needed to make a record. We got Chris to play drums and we needed to make a record. We'd saved up some, some cash. And um, we needed a studio and I just went, well, you know, I like things like Be Suburban and, you know, Australian bands and Bad Seeds and stuff. And I just looked to see whether they'd recorded on their CDs or tapes or whatever. And then found a place called Atlantis Studios and um, rang and, and it was, you know, reasonably priced. And the Bad Seeds had done stuff there. So we went down there. We knew zero people. And I met Dave who runs Atlantis. And then a guy called Craig lived upstairs. And some at some point during the recording process, Dave ran upstairs and went, you've got to come and see these idiots. Like, <laughs> And, um, yeah, we met Craig. And Craig was Roland Howard, his guitar player. Oh, wow. Lydia Lunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, played in a lot of bands. Amazing. Spencer Jones and all that. And then yeah. through him, we met, I think it was Danky. He was playing drums for Dan, Dan Kelly. Mm. And then through Dan Kelly, just fucking Ian Ryan and, and Paul Kelly. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Morris Frawley, just all the older fuck-ups, Charlie Owen. And, yeah. Yeah, and Spencer and Well, all it that. sounds like such a good community to fall into out of all the people you could have met in Melbourne. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, especially PK, like... It's outrageous. And kind of, you know, we were like 24, so it was like, you know, suddenly we're, you know, because Paul Kelly was always touring and we yeah. were staying at his house because we'd go there with Danky. Yeah. Me, and Dank would just eat all his food, drink all his yeah. booze, <laughs> just to look after his house, you know. Like, yeah. And, um, and we sort of took it for granted. Now I look back and go, fuck. Literally, <laughs> it's like the fucking, fucking fourth or fifth person we met in, in, in Melbourne was Paul Kelly, who That's just then so just, nice. he dug what we were doing and just yeah. helped us out. He's so. such a nice, generous man. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. yeah, he's cool. Yeah. And he's got a fucking mad record collection. So we, we just trawled through that. And Dude. I mean, he's got everything from Suicide to Stravinsky and Maria Carlos and just whatever, you know. He's, yeah, yeah. Did you get into gear ever? Equipment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, heaps. Yeah, no, I didn't mean heroin. Oh, no, <laughs> not heroin, no. I, I, no, I I've never, never, never had heroin. Everyone else had it. Everyone, but yeah, I sort of was, I was, I think I was the, the alcoholic adult. Yeah, no, I've, I did mean guitars and pedals. Yeah, yeah, totes. Um, yeah, yeah. So once you started getting into uh, equipment, um, did you start respecting other people's equipment a bit more? Uh, no, not really. It's that <laughs> thing. It's like you don't, you're just not considerate when you're a 24 year old or 25 sure. year old. I don't know. And we were mad. We were mad. We were fucked up. I mean, I mean, look at Rui. He's like literally a, was born in a war. His dad was a mm. soldier in a war. Like <clears throat> Rui's textbook fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And I always just gravitated towards people like that. My girlfriend before Fee 
uh, she she was a, a child of a Vietnam veteran and a, and a, and a Vietnamese Thai woman. Like you know what I mean? Like everything was fucked. Yeah. But we had a great old time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then um, so yeah, no, we didn't respect anyone's anything. <laughs> we were actually pretty bad. I feel bad. <laughs> Kids these days are so polite, but we were fucking horrible. We used to do that thing, you know, we'd be jamming in 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 our the front room of a house in Perth, and you know, we had fucking Marshalls and shit like that, full bore. Mm-hmm. Just playing all day every day. We're all in the doll or something, or just having because my job was quite flexy, off our fucking chops on speed, so we just go all night and and like. There was a guy who looked like Harry Butler, this old naturalist who was a TV star back in the day. He'd always just come over and just bang on the door and scream at us like, shut the fuck up. And we'd be like, man, what's wrong with you, dude? Just relax. <laughs> but now if anyone did that to me, I'd fucking burn their house down. Like, If someone was playing drums with fucking, you know, two Marshall stacks and a huge bass amp, and I'd fucking shut up. <laughs> It was so inconsiderate. But we just, you, I just literally did not comprehend yeah. why this guy was whinging. We are having a good time, man. Just chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like 3 a.m. You know, we are all speeding on an acid oh, drunk. Oh, no. Like, fucking hell. Oh, that sounds rough. Yeah, we were horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you live in the country now? Yeah. Do you live, Victoria. do you have any neighbours? Nah. We do, but they're far enough away. They're, 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 they're all right. And you can turn up all the marshals and not have to you worry about it. You can be loud anything. as fuck. I mean, yeah, yeah, we just... I mean, generally, we sort of stop at 11. And then, but then, like, King Gears were up recently. They did that Fishing for Fishies record up there. And uh, they'd finish at, like, 3 and we didn't get any complaints. Great. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. Is there soundproofing or you don't need it? No, no way. You just don't need <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's big old two big 60s demountable classrooms. Oh, great. Banged up against each other. And um, yeah, it's good. And then there's a river and stuff. We get it really cheap off our landlord, Bob, who's a, just a fucking legend. And you've been there for a while? About eight, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you, have, you have quite a few bands record there, don't you? Um, yeah, I've had a few come up, yeah. I generally just do it with friends. Yeah. It's just a good way. If you don't do that with your musician friends, it's like you'll never get a chance to hang out with them. Yeah. So I'll be doing it with, I don't know, all sorts of people. Like the Mod Con Girls, I don't know, uh, the Bitch Diesel, Gold Class, fucking, yeah, Giz Guys. That's so nice. Yeah, it's good. It's a good way just to, I don't know, just do something you all enjoy together. And, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a massive difference in the way that the drones work and the way that TFS works? Uh, yeah, there's differences, but it's, I don't know. It's all much of a muchness. It's yeah. hard. It's like any group of individuals. And, the, you know, like say so the drones, has changed lineups like three or four times like yeah. quite significantly. So that's – it might have had the same name. We're playing mostly the same songs, but at the same time, you know, each incarnation or whatever has always been a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Do you notice though, like even having, like being around three women is very different to being around a group of dudes? Yeah. But, one girl? Yeah. But then still, I mean, I would put that down more to the individuals, you know. Yeah. Totally. I'm not, you know, I, I take everybody as they come one at a time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's hard to generalize. I had an all girl band um, when I started doing my solo stuff and we were all very like talk about our feelings a lot you know we're all very emotional yeah people. there's a lot more of that a lot of emotion a lot of feelings yeah oh there's more um, feelings there's definitely more and of that. then and then i um 
I had an all dude band straight after that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've always played in bands with dudes my whole life. I've mm. always been the only girl. But this was sort of different because it was my solo stuff and I, you know, had just had musicians playing with me. Mm. And the first ever band practice, I got everyone coffees before band practice. Yeah, yeah. That's, this that's, is, that's, this is my like example of how, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how different it was. Mm. Um, and I think we rehearsed for maybe like two or three hours. Mm. And then I went to bring my car around to load out and I looked in the rearview mirror and I had chocolate on my nose. And no one said anything. Nobody said anything. That's weird. And I went back and I was like, you fucking can't say I had chocolate on my nose for three hours and nobody said anything. The boys are just the most undemonstrative <laughs> people in the world. Well, the drummer was like, I didn't see it, sorry. Bullshit. And then the bass player was like, oh, I thought that you'd like scratch your nose and you'd had a, like a little bleed on your nose. <laughs> and then the guitarist was like, I knew it was chocolate. <laughs> I knew it was chocolate. What a prick. <laughs> Yeah, no, boys, boys aren't, you know, I mean, you know. I was like, this would never have happened with my girl band. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, say like Lasky from the Drones and, and, and Quizzo and Stevie, they're, they're, you know, they're gentle, gentle boys and they're really nice. Yeah. But it's even so, yeah, you can't compete with girls as far as <laughs> communication goes. Yeah. And there is a lot of communication. Sometimes you just got to say, dudes, fucking shut up. <laughs> Can we... And then you get shit like this, like you get your toenails painted. I know, I noticed that. That looks really nice. Yeah, occasionally. It's like it's like just being a little brother sometimes, isn't it? Eventually you're going to wind up wearing a dress. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to wear a tutu by the end of yeah. the tour. <laughs> 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 what about um, the songwriting? Is that, I mean, you, you kind of write a lot of the songs in both bands. But yeah. But how does it work differently between the two bands? I think it's that the, 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 the girls... Have been doing more with me than the boys did with the drones. Like, um, you know, I, I mean, Lusky would make stuff up. He did, you know. There's a song called Like Her. The big riff in there is he is. But um, I don't know. With the girls, there's there's definitely more. I mean, Rico sings that song. She wrote the words to. Uh, and then Fee will chip in with funny lines, and so yeah. There's I mean, there's always you know a bunch of lines. That other people have said, maybe? yeah, and whether it's deliberate or not, I mean, sometimes someone will just say something funny, yeah, and I'll just go well, write it down, <laughs> and then that'll sort of fit in somewhere later. But um, yeah, and then yeah, a lot more collaboration, and I've kind of, I mean, for because, you know, they are fucking really good at it, but also just because, I don't know, I've reached a point where I can't be fucked. I, I guess I was a control freak, I mean, not in a real kind of super anal, painful way, but. Yeah, I kind of just thought if, if you know, what is that that thing like fucking uh, c- uh, committees make camels, individuals make racehorses, you sure. know. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, with with the girls it's, it's fun just to let them get in there. And, yeah, and we tool around and then, yeah. then Hammy, she'll jam on some drum machines. We'll just fuck around and eventually come up with something that, yeah, I wouldn't have come up with if it was just me by yeah. myself. So it's that's so good. good. Yeah. It's, it's really so good. So good. Yeah. And the, I, I've only seen you guys play um, once at Splendor, mm. and I was just telling you before, like the the sound just blew me away. It sounded so great on the yeah, BPA. Right. Oh, cool. So yeah, great. yeah, yeah. And the energy on stage is so huge. Yeah. Everyone's really, really high yeah. energy. Yeah, it's good it's exercise. Great. Where everyone's hyper, everyone's yeah. Everyone's, all the you know, feelings are coming out. All the feelings. And they're musicians, so they're all nuts. Yeah, they're, they're everyone's all amazing. <laughs> it's great. I was yeah. really excited when like when I saw you guys play. I was like, fuck. It made me want to be in a band like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
it's really good. good. It's it's a good workout. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's good cardio. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about so for for a lot of years I played in a band with my partner. Yeah. Which you also do. Yeah, yeah. Tell me like the positives and negatives for you. Um, well, the positives is kind of obvious. I mean, yeah. And we kind of, I uh, you know, I mean, all that kind of songwriting and shit like that. That's what I do. And then Fees is good at, you know, say, just say, you I mean, there's, she does a lot of the musical shit, but then as well, as well, it's sort of behind the scenes where it's, it's really fucking hard to be a DIY band. Yeah. And then it's really fucking hard to be, to sound like we sound, whether it's TFS or the drones, and to get it anywhere, you know, in a significant way and yeah. to make a living out of it. A- absolutely. So she does You've that. Done an amazing I'm, job. I mean, if we sound like fucking more of a pop thing, like we'd, be fucking you know you too the way Fee pushes it <laughs> amazing yeah so she does all that she's really clever and she's just got the sort of the business acumen that I don't have and then I've got the kind of I don't know the sort of the, 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 the musical shit yeah so it's good it's a good yin and yang kind of thing absolutely yeah I always think I always said with when I played in the same band as my partner it was like the greatest thing because you get to be together all the time. Yeah, and the yeah. worst thing because you get to be together all the there's time. There's that. There, there's <laughs> that. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, look, we've been we've been doing this shit for fucking twenty years. Yeah. And we always crack each other up. So. Yeah, that's the most important thing. If you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be the same with anybody, but. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's mental, and I, it's it's when it does drive you nuts. It's, it's you can't really turn to anybody and. And uh, anybody who's had a similar experience, yeah, and talk to them about it because no one does. Because we're right. literally together twenty four hours a day, yeah, seven days a week. And you know, on a tour, unless you've been on a tour, you don't know what that is. I get it. Like we took a woman who worked with our management on tour many years ago in the drones, and she was new to the whole game, and she'd never been on tour. And we were like, this is like fucking. We did like. 53 shows in 56 days Ugh. or something like that in Europe. And we were like, dude, are you ready for this? And she's like, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. At the end of it, we were sort of having a drink somewhere in Spain. We'd finished the tour and we were all just fucked. And said to her, all right, how'd you go? She's like, yeah, good, good, it was good. I was like, no, seriously, how'd you go? She's like, no, it was fine. I was like, tell me, honestly, how many times <laughs> did you cry? She's like, oh, I lost count, I lost oh, count. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what it is. And like, so me and Fee do that for a living, a full time kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally relate. Yeah, it puts pressure it on does. shit. It yeah, does. And, yeah. and then you're also like kind of contractually ob- obliged to each other more than you even would be in a marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. who? Do, everyone goes to work and they just yeah. go their separate ways. That's for it. Eight, you got your own Nine space. hours a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And you hear people whinging about, oh, we're like ships in the night. It's like, fucking, yeah, yeah. lucky you. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 we can drive each other. Mental. You look amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Plus, uh, you know, she has to hang around with me the whole time. It's not, it's not, it's not always cracked up with me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want to talk just to completely change the subject. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your lyric writing. Yeah. Um, can you? I know that it's hard to explain process of of writing, and I know you just said like you you know you write down silly things or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like with the drones specifically, 
people like really fucking read into those lyrics and they sort of, um, I don't know, it sounds like they, a lot of my friends like really idealise a lot of that content. Yeah. Does it freak you out that people read into it so much? Uh, no, I mean, not really. I, I kind of, yeah, I, did, I don't know, to a degree I'm quite pragmatic, so I don't really care. And if, I, just, I don't have time to care. I don't think about it. And it's that thing, it's like, you know, people can kiss your ass and say, oh, that's great. But I don't, I was, by the time we had that happen to us, by the time I had that, I would have been fucking 30. Yeah. You know, I'm not fucking Daniel Johns or something. Sure. At 15. So, yeah. But I was, he was also writing lyrics that were not, they're not very, very good. good. <laughs> yeah. But then and people kiss his ass and then he would have believed it because he's too young to, yeah. to, 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 to have any kind of perspective. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I don't know. I see. Like, if if we get lots of people to a gig, you know, I'm I'm happy that they're there. Sure. Because that that's really nice. But I generally just think, cool, we're going to get paid more. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, fuck, I'm awesome. You're and then, not so believing we, the hype. I'm not believing the hype. And then with the with the with the lyric thing, I don't know. I I don't know what goes on in someone's mind when they see that. And, and, and you know, I haven't walked in their shoes, so I don't know how they would interpret it. Sure, anything. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's all, it's everyone's own experience, isn't it? Yeah, and it's vastly different. I mean, and then, you know, the weird, the weird bit is it's also really quite similar, but yeah. So I don't know. I just don't know. I just write the words I write. And I feel like a lot of it is like, um, like political rage or. I don't know. Do you do you like read the newspaper and write down ideas, or do you just? Have, that seems like a silly question, but how mm. do you? <laughs> Not really. I mean, well, I, I do what's read. The process. I read all the papers and stuff. I try to stick to the ABC, or the BBC, just because it's not, you know, it's I not find news dot com. Yeah, and things. I mean, things like the Australian or the Guardian just drive me mental. There's, there's essentially the same side of. Two different sides of the same coin, sure. in a way, where they they're, they're, say their reporting is actually excellent, but then the opinion pieces are just mm. like fucking mental. Um, yeah, I'm not into that. Like, uh, I kind of, I don't know. I have my own political ideas. I just think treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, and I just I have very basic ideas. Yeah, it's just take respect. Them as, yeah, just you know, I meet one person at a time and I'll judge them on what they're like. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Yeah. But yeah. then you also have to, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot lately about, like you were saying, you you know, you were kind of like an impossible person when you were younger. Yeah. And when do you give someone the chance or the benefit of doubt to, to say, well, you can be rehabilitated or you can be... Oh, yeah, yeah. You can grow out of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So and you don't want to judge someone too early. Yeah, and the older you get, the more you realise, you know, I mean, without even trying to, you, you could be quite judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone everyone deserves to be forgiven, and yeah, and everyone's fucked. And the person that's sort of on their high horse, or you know, moralizing on everybody else, they have no right to moralize no. simply because they're doing that. They're fucked as yeah. well. Yeah, if you think you know everything, it's because you don't. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, I don't know. I just sort of, and people ask me that shit all the time about. Where do you get your ideas? And I just say, sorry, I didn't mean to say where do you get your ideas. Oh, not <laughs> that, no, no, but that question. kind of thing. I just think like uh, I'm not 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 being dead. Where do you get all your crazy ideas from? <laughs> just not being dead, <laughs> just just being alive, and just because it's a crazy world. The universe is stupid. It is stupid. It's outrageous. <laughs> do you know it's really funny? Before um, we have our 
very good mutual friend, Dan Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I asked him yesterday, what should I ask Gaz? And he said, if you get him to start talking about the war, he'll never stop. He'll never stop. <laughs> what a fucking prick. Um, <laughs> World War Two. it's the best war. Yeah. But then I started, I said, oh, I don't know if I really want to mention it because... I I live with a lot of German guilt coming from a German sure. family. <laughs> what why on earth would you so, would you have that? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to talk about the war, but if you want to talk about it, I I would be okay. I think uh, well, Danky is over overstating <laughs> that whole thing. Um, everyone just thinks I'm a big kind of I have two interests, which is like Jimi Hendrix and Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, and but then it's true. Like pretty much every day, I will mention Hendrix. And I will mention Hitler. World War Two. Yeah, it's just I find. What's it. your fascination with World War Two? Uh, it's the only thing that had kind of a moral. It's the only war that you know vaguely had a moral thing, even though it was it was undermined by a lot of bullshit, mm-hmm. and and it wasn't as heroic a quest as everybody made out. But I just find it was this twentieth century. I'm a twentieth century guy. Um, I just the, the, it's interesting how. You know, after the Enlightenment, the sort of everyone sort of got less religious, but then they just replaced it with ideologies like communism and Nazism, and the, basically the sort of Abrahamic religions are interesting because they before them there was lots of religions, but no religions were sort of there to save humanity. Mm. People were, needed something to believe in. Yeah, but there weren't. There wasn't this sort of you know quest to, that. To save humans from themselves, yeah, and right. it's the Abrahamic religions that did that, and then, but then if you look at something like Nazism or, or, uh, or communism or, or capitalism, mm-hmm. there's always this betterment of humanity, progress, yeah. this sense that you can get better, you know, all the time. Yeah, you know, this sort of economic thing where there's constant economic growth, anything like that, is stems from Christianity. My family. My, especially my grandfather really needed something to believe in. Yeah, and yeah. he got totally swept up in Hitler's yeah, shit. Yeah, because he promised the world. He yeah. promised like economic growth. And yeah, like yeah. why wouldn't you if you're a business owner? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and we shat on awful. them. You know, we crushed them in World War One, mm. and then economically crushed them. Yeah, and then you know the whole Hollywood thing where you, you know, you you, you brutalize someone and crush them and they become a saint. It, it's just bullshit. Yeah. They become brutalized and mean, you know. You know, I mean, look at, I mean, Israel, like, fuck. You know, those Netanyahu and all those fucking, those people, they're, in their minds, they're legitimately and, and generally trying to look after the interests of their people, you know. They're not trying to be Darth Vader. No. You know, but that's what you get if you have what happened to the Jews, the Holocaust and that oh, shit. Geez. You don't get a great outcome. You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> They miscalculated. Yeah, That's yeah. A, you get you behemoth know, miscalculation. Yes, you do get Leonard Cohen and, and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> people are, but you know. Well, I feel like Dan Kelly was right. <laughs> yeah, once you get me started. But yeah, there, so it was a clash of it was a clash of ideologies, and you know, and we were up, we were, we we teamed up with with the commies, who were you know, and then you know we 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 dropped an atom bomb on Japan, but we, really we dropped an atom bomb on. Russia, we said, check that out. Mm-hmm. Because they could have fucking smoked us after the war. They would have had us. They would have turned us all into communists. But we just went, there you go. That's what we can do. And we won because we were the meanest bastards of the lot. Yeah, we'll tell ourselves democracy Where, and freedom and we're, we're angels. What's our lesson? 
We can't. And, and if you want to get something done, be you the bigger be cunt. cunt. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it is. I'm going to ask you my last question, which is the question that I ask everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What's your strangest show experience or the strangest thing that's happened to you because you play music? Uh... We had a gig in San Francisco. And um, this was with the drones, I don't know, fucking seven, eight years ago. And we were playing and there was a decent crowd. It was good. And um, as we played, the crowd was thinning out. And it's like, we've done that a lot with the drones. Yeah. Emptied rooms. Sure. Sometimes you do it in a gleeful way and you go, ha-ha, sucked in. <laughs> like, and people run out and you're like, we yeah, fuck you. you. Yeah. And... Um, and so it's fun. But that night wasn't like that. And we were just like, fuck, man. Everyone's leaving while we're playing. Like, how bad can we be? And then afterwards, you know, there was like 10 people. And someone came up to the stage and went, how dare you? And we were like, what? How fucking dare you keep playing after all that happened? And we were like, what happened? And, um, and this is like, if you're a musician, you'll know. Like, you can sort of generally see four rows back yeah. and then you can't see anything because the lights. Yep. That was the same with this. Um, this person explained what had happened is somebody had fainted standing up. Oh. And had fallen over sort of onto the dance floor and smashed their head. Oh, no. And it sort of bled everywhere. Like if you ever cracked your, yeah. your head, you bleed quite a lot. And then people were slipping in the blood and, and oh, making a mess. No. And it was really gross. And uh, someone had to rescue this person and take him out. And then a, a, a woman saw all the blood on the floor and then she... Fainted, did oh, exactly no. the same fucking thing, cracked her head, <gasps> and then just put another fucking liter of blood Jesus all over. Christ. And then the same thing, people are slipping and falling over, and um, all this is going on. And then those ambulances or some shit like that, like out the front, and we didn't know. And they oh. thought we were just, Ignoring they thought we were it. fully aware of what was going on, <laughs> and just, just you know, soldiering on or blazing on, like just thinking we were the biggest pack of cunts. <laughs> We were just like, we didn't know. You didn't like, see. So that was a weird one, yeah. Massive puddle of blood. Yeah, yeah, floor. yeah. And then like, a, yeah, there was a janitor with a mop at the oh, end. No. Up. We like, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. That's a good story. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, we've had lots. We've done a lot of... I bet. A lot of, lot of shows. We did another one. I'll tell you another yes. funny one. Uh, we did uh, somewhere in Germany and it was shit. <laughs> and, um, and then they wouldn't give us any booze. We were like, fuck. A, we've had a really bad gig. B, we're in just the middle of fucking nowhere in some stupid backwards town in, in fucking Black Forest or something. <laughs> and we need to get some booze. So we're walking home from the gig and there was this bus. It was like it was this beacon in this dark, closed, shut-down town on like a Wednesday night. It was the Southern Comfort bus. It was like a double-decker <laughs> party bus. And um, it, was a, it had a karaoke competition in it. <laughs> we went in. And Dan and Mike went up and um, there were there was people doing ca- – the, the, there was a hamper as a prize for the karaoke competition and it was all um, Southern Comfort and all oh, these weird mixes no. and all sorts of stuff, lemons and limes and all sorts of different infusions of Southern Comfort. <laughs> and Dan and Mike went up and um, they did a version of Land Down Under <laughs> and, uh, and just killed it and just won of course. this huge hamper. Oh, my gosh, hamper. they won. Yeah, and then we went home back to our hotel and um drank it and just got horribly wrecked and did then you um, get, did you spew no i didn't spew i feel I've like been every there. time i've had southern comfort yeah. i've spewed oh man i've been there <laughs> and then um 
we just fucking destroy this hotel room. We don't usually do it, and I, because ultimately you have to pay for it yourself on a credit card. I mean, that's what people when you see Led Zepp smash a room up, they pay for it. Of course. Yeah. Um, they had anyway. to buy a new TV that yeah, they threw out the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we um just we just fucked the joint up we just because we were just really badly drunk. And then the next morning we were leaving, and um the cleaner leaned out of our window as we were driving out of the car park. <laughs> And she yelled something in German, and we were like, Nein, sprechen Sie Deutsch. And then she goes, You people live like pigs. <laughs> Schweine. As we <laughs> drove off, we were waving. Bye. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's, <pretty funny. laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, thank you so much for making the time to chat to me. <laughs> no worries, mate. No and worries. I, have, um, I have a really good feeling that. We're just going to be mates now. Yeah, cool. Great. Well, yeah, come to the show. Come to the show and watch all the weathers, man. It's one of the best bands yeah, in go. the world. Yeah.